Hello, and welcome to another episode of Whole and Complete Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Shantae, and Whole and Complete is all about faith and wellness, loving God and living well. So if you have been following along, listeners, you know that we are at the tail end of a series, the Manifestation Series, and I thought that this was an important topic to engage this month, this year, because quite a few of us are if you've been listening and watching and paying attention on social media, this is the time where people are creating visions and making plans and making lists and checking it twice. And the word manifestation tends to come up a lot. So we have done a bit of a deep dive into manifestation. Uh, we've gone into the origins of it. And as always, for every finale, I want to bring an outside voice so that we can and engage this topic from a, a number of different perspectives. And I'm so excited to introduce our guest for today because I wasn't joking when I gave you like his introduction last week. This man is like on fire. He is on fire for the Lord. He's a powerhouse preacher from the South. He has like a specific brand of Southern praise. Like he can like preach his whole face off. And at the end of it, you throwing your shoes and your pantyhose like I get and money into the offering plate. Trey, um, he's a man out of Morehouse. He is the pastor of the Liberty Church in Tennessee. Welcome to this show, Pastor Terrence Chandler Harrison, better known as Pastor T. Hello, sir. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me. Such a pleasure to be here with you, Dr. Shantae. You see how he all formal and disciplined. And you know, I get on him because he calls me ma'am. First of all, I'm not old enough to be his mama. That's that's number one. But he calls me ma'am because I have a sl I'm slightly older than him. And it's that, that southernness. So I had to get used to that. Don't do that on this show. But, um, <laughs> but Pastor T, thank you for being here on the show today. So you've had an opportunity to listen to one or both of the episodes in the Manifestation series. And I know that this is something that's not unique to Chicagoans. You know, I know that this is something that you see and hear about uh, in the circles that you move in as well. So if you think about the episodes and the things that we've already discussed, so what stands out to you? That's where we'll start today. What kind of jumped out? from where we've already gone with manifestation. And then I have some questions for you as we move through. Sure. Uh, well, let, let me first, and I'm, I'm not trying to, to gas you, uh, but I, I was really intrigued, particularly with the first one, um, how you uh, presented the historical uh, connections between, you know, how we arrived at this space. And I, I really think that that's important, not only for this topic, but in general. There's a lot of stuff that we spew, a lot of stuff that we say, a lot of stuff that's trending. And we don't really know the origins, right? And that's even in church, right? Like we, we, we say things and we articulate things and we post things and we have no clue, you know, how to trace them. So like really, really tracing uh, this whole notion of manifestation, even all the way back to manifest destiny and how we have connections with capitalism, right? And uh, subjugation of people and dominance, you know, which links to slavery and it's such uh, it's such layer, so many layers uh, to unpack. So that's the first thing that I, I want to highlight. But but even in that same vein, right, really dealing with why people just kind of just speak things, right, mm -hmm. and, and and really understanding, yes, there is power in your words, and there are power in your thoughts, right, but it's bigger than just words, right? You have to think about structures and systems and policies that are in place that, I mean, for all sorts of purposes, that gives voice to some people and silence others. So yeah, you can think it in your head and speak it all day, but if you don't have voice and you're restricted from saying anything, then no one cares what you're saying in the first place. So that's right. that's really where I, I find my passion. I'm, I'm really interested in, to engage with you today. 
Okay. Well, you didn't all you didn't already bust it open. Okay, so let's go there. <laughs> okay. okay. So so let's go yes. there. There are things that evolve, right? And because I could hear somebody make the counter argument, well, Jesus wasn't really born on December the 25th and Easter, you know, is really a quote unquote pagan holiday. And so it's it's funny how Christians like to pick and choose and, you know, when it suits them, but then when it comes to something like manifestation, why are you giving that shade as opposed to like these other things? So how would you respond to that since you're talking about origins and tracing and that sort of thing? See, I'm not ashamed by uh, having conversations about that, right? And actually naming some of those things, right? To say that, hey, the day in which we observe Jesus' birth, right? That's, we can't trace that back, right? But that's not the purpose of why we celebrate the birth of Christ. Purpose of us celebrating the birth of Christ is that God thought enough of humanity to wrap God's self in human flesh to die for us. Whether that happened in December or as some theologians will argue, sometime in like September, October, who cares, right? Like the purpose is, is that we are acknowledging that Christ did come. And I, you know, I, I think, <sighs> People need to read more and people, particularly Christians, need to have more conversations. Don't be afraid to have conversations. But before you have them, please read first so that you won't be looking stupid, right? When Make you have, it, a conversation. have an informed perspective, yeah. informed opinion. Yes. Because yeah. what I find uh, very offensive, right, is how people who are non-believers actually know more about the Bible than people who profess faith in Christianity and Christ. Facts. Facts. <laughs> Right. So, you know, you, I think you need to know it. Um, but to your point, I think it's important to have those conversations and I, I invite them. I welcome them. And I think we need to have all that in the same space. OK, yeah. so with respect to manifestation itself, because manifestation, uh, the law of attraction specifically. OK, so the mm -hmm. law of attraction specifically. I presented two sets of data, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. One set of data is that you are the universe. You are God. You are created. And then I present what, what the Bible says. And for me personally, I could not reconcile the two. I said, yeah, these are puzzle pieces that just don't fit. These are, these are words that don't, these are chapters out of two totally different books. And as a believer, I can't make them fit together without feeling like, that there's just some straight up blasphemy happening, you know, to be able to say that, you know, I am the universe and I am creating and I am when there's so many instances in the Bible that contradict that and say the exact opposite. And so what would you say to Christians who are really kind of struggling in that? On the one hand, what they like about manifestation is the notion of personal prosperity is the notion that, if I think positively and if I stay out of, you know, negative thinking and, and limiting beliefs, you know, that I can move forward. And then these pieces of the law of attraction that are just so contradictory to the word of God. What would you say to a believer trying to reconcile the difference between those things? OK, so uh, one, one of the things that I, I try to do theologically um, and even philosophically and as, a, as, as a man in general, right, is I try to do trace the what the original intent was, right? What happened, you know, originally. So like when I think about church work, I go back to the, the book of Acts, right? That the very first, that's the Genesis church. So what should our church be looking like? We go back to what was happening then. The same, uh, I feel, uh, takes place with humanity, 
right? And how God intended humanity to, to reign and how uh, God intended humanity to function. And, and in the creation narrative in Genesis, right, God gives humans dominion, right? And I think we take that dominion and we kind of run with that notion to think that that means that we get to subdue and we have dominance and we get to do whatever we want to. When actually, like, the word that is used in that is more of stewardship, right? It's that mm. God has given us these things, right, not to subjugate, not to oppress, not to do what we want to do, but it's stewardship. I've given this to you so that you could be a manager over a what I've given you. Yeah. And I think that's the same thing with, you know, our dreams, our goals, our visions, our aspirations, right? God gives us the, 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 the knowledge. God gives us the sensibility, the connections. But ultimately, we're supposed to be uh, first being aligned, being connected with God, uh, discovering what God has for us and to be a steward over those things. So when you talk about speaking it and manifesting it, yes, we have the power to do it. But, but ultimately, right, it's supposed to be connected to what God's intended purpose for our lives supposed to be so it's not just this i'm doing what i want to do right but i really feel that it's really really supposed to be tied to some deeper purpose right and some and something connected to what god has intended for us to uh to do and and through that that's what we manifest that's what we speak Mm -hmm. right I, i like to look at it as we speak back to god what god has spoken to us that's what we're supposed to be doing perpetually over and over again. We just speak Read back it. to God when God spoke to us. That's a tweet, <laughs> y'all. We, the, <laughs> biblical manifestation is we speak back to God what God has already spoken to us. And I think that that is the key. So manifestation aside, but I think that this is a, an iteration of it, especially in the black church. We decree and declare, right? <laughs> we love... <laughs> We love that. I decree and declare right now. And, and, and that's, that's sort of because the Bible says that, that the power of life and death is in the tongue. And a lot of times, you know, we, we speak death into things that, that we shouldn't and, and, and life into th- and all of that. I think that what, what happens is that sometimes it becomes difficult for believers to parse it all out. And mm-hmm. what I'm not trying to do is, listeners, what I'm not trying to do is get you bogged down into some hermeneutical, theological, intellectual, ecclesiastical. I'm not going there with you, even though I do have the right man on the, on the, on the line for that. Okay, because in addition to all that Pastor T does, he's also an academic. This is what he teaches. Okay, at the same time, I want to make it accessible for people who are just trying to to walk out this thing that we call life. So when we get back to things like decreeing and declaring, mm-hmm. what I hear you saying is what we should be decreeing and declaring is being the messenger for the message that God has already delivered into our mm-hmm. spirits. Is that accurate? A- absolutely. And and if you would, I, I would even like to add to that, right? So, you know, and for people who read the Bible, you know, we like to look at, okay, you know, Sarah was barren and God opened up her womb and, you know, all these things that we see manifesting within the scripture. When we fail to realize that majority of those miracles and manifestations that happened, they originated with God speaking at first. These were mm-hmm. not things that people said they wanted out of the blue. This was God nudging them and saying, I'm going to do this. I'm going to initiating that thing in their lives. And then they're having to wait and essentially holding God accountable 
to what God said. So yes, you can speak it, but if you're looking at it from a biblical perspective, particularly in the Old Testament, you're looking at individuals who were minding their business and God nudged them, jacked up their life <laughs> and said, this was going to happen. And they Mary was them. minding her own business <laughs> and the angel swooped up on him and said, just like ghost, Molly, you in danger, girl. Just like, listen. <laughs> yeah. You yeah, know so, what? So. That is key. Listeners, don't miss what he just said. So the key difference that I'm hearing between biblical manifestation and manifestation as it is commonly used and, and articulated in the world is who started the conversation? Who started the conversation? So biblical manifestation, God starts the conversation. He is the, you going along, doing you, <laughs> and then he comes along and drops something into your spirit or has somebody come along and deliver a message to you as opposed to this other manifestation where you see people talking about I manifested a hundred thousand dollars and I manifested this. And that's something too, because a lot of times people get, they get discouraged. They'd be like, man, what does God have against money? <laughs> like, should we not want to be, you know, uh, well off? Should we not want to use these gifts? I mean, when you think about the, the parable of the talents, didn't God and the, and the master, wasn't he more pleased with the one who actually took the talents and did something mm -hmm. with them as opposed to the one who put them in the ground. But again, even in that story, the master divvied out the talents. The, the master is the one who gave first mm -hmm. for the servants to then take something and do. And so I think the question that comes down for believers is when it comes to, to the things that you want in your life, are you scripting this out or are you listening for the voice of God to, to follow his script? And I think that that's a hard, I think that's hard for a lot of people to do, to, to, to give up their will and their yeah. wants and their way. But can I, can I, it's not what God wants for them. But can I even push back? Like even on that, because I Please. would argue that a lot of people don't even know what they want. Mm. Right. So, so even the things that we're speaking, they're really not the things that we want. We're just trying to compare ourselves to other people. So we're actually speaking someone else's reality and desiring somebody else's reality when we haven't even sat long enough with ourselves to figure out what it is we have been created to do, what it is that we've been equipped to do, what it is that we're passionate about. And we're looking over the, the fence, trying mm. to get somebody else's things. And that's, that's where the disconnect is. And I, I really believe that that's another key part of manifesting is finding out who you are first, right? Mm. Figuring out what you have been gifted to do, what you've been created, what, where's your creativity, right? Mm. Um, what have you been placed there to do? And then the second step, or I guess in the same lane would be really consulting God, right? Okay, God, why am I here? Why did I, why did I survive that car accident? Why, why did I survive, you know, that, that, that bad report or whatever? That traumatic you childhood. You no, know, like, why did I, why did I go through that? How, how was I able to try on? And what is it that you want me to do now that I'm able to, um, move beyond that and persevere? And I think after that, that's when you get to the place where you're aligning yourself with the manifestations. But this whole, oh, give me more money. I want a new car. I want a man. I want a woman. And then you get it and you're miserable because you really don't want it. You don't know what you want. <laughs> so. I got a tambourine in my car, y'all. I wish I had it here because I shall be shaking it right now. Listen, you know what? Let me tell you what dropped in my spirit as Pastor T was speaking. Genesis, uh, when God says to Adam and Eve, who told you you were naked? 
guys, you let some third party come into the picture. You, it was you, it was God, you know, you was drinking your water, you was laying your edges, you was doing all the things that you were supposed to do. And then some third party snake came up and said, you know, are you really living your best life? You know, the key to living a good life. And that is, man, that is it. Why do you want what you want? And if you are, are dirt honest about that, you know, because we are social creatures. God did create us for community. He he literally mm -hmm. said, he looked at Adam's situation and said, mm -mm, this ain't it. <laughs> this ain't it. You need somebody, you know. So we are, are hardwired for thank community. You. But he said, thank you. And yet <laughs> the question is, how do we stop community from being the, from infiltrating our lives in such a way that we start to desire things that God doesn't want for us because we're not here by ourselves. You know, this isn't an Adam situation. It is a, a social media highlight reel. You know, that's the world that we live in. So how, what is your, your word for people who are trying to walk that line? Because we're not down here by ourselves and it's very easy to let some third party come along and tell you that you're naked. Well, well, you're, you're opening up uh, another good conversation right there too, because the notion of capitalism is not even what we've been designed to operate in, right? This capitalistic, individualistic, selfish, right? Mm -hmm. Going back to your first podcast, right? That whole manifest destiny piece. That was never what we were intended to be. We were intended to be communal, right? That we are part of a whole. So it, it wasn't just what have I been placed here for, for, but what have I been placed here to help my community? How am I supposed to better mm -hmm. the world? Right. And when you get all this other stuff that we're inundated with, particularly, you know, in Western thought, right, Western American, uh, uh, American thought that drives this whole notion of just get yours and yes. get as much you can and yes. put your foot on whoever's neck you have to to get there. And that's uh, totally antithetical to uh, Christianity. And if you're black, it's antithetical to blackness, too. That is not what you've been designed to do. Right. So right. Uh, I, I think that that plays a role in it, too. And going back to, you know, your question that those are the snakes. Right. Mm. Greed is the snake that slithers in. Right. Sexism and racism and classism. These are snakes that slither in and tell you, oh, you're naked. You don't have enough. You're not pretty. You're not loved. Mm. You're, not, you're not smart. You got to get more. And then you start doubting who you are. And you will lose an entire garden chasing one tree from a snake, listening to a snake. A whole garden. You lose an entire garden of paradise. Say it. Say chasing, it. Try, chasing one tree from a dirty snake. You will lose a whole <laughs> garden chasing one tree. Y'all better tweet that out too. Listen, you know, there's a difference. There's so, uh, listeners, doctrine versus gospel, right? So doctrine is like a set of beliefs, okay, that usually churches tend to, to follow. You know, it's like, here's the beliefs that we teach here. This is, this is, or, you know, politicians do this too, but here's what, what Christians believe. And here's what Muslims believe. Like, so there's doctrines, right? And then there's gospel. There's like the good news, okay? Here's the issue, folks. Here's, here's what, doc, what Pastor T is getting at. He says, there's a few doctrines out there. <laughs> there's a few doctrines out there. One of those doctrines is get yours. One of those doctrines is 
what did Rockefeller say when the state said, well, well, sir, how much is too much? He said $1 more. He said, how much is enough? It's always $1 more, right? And then there's this other doctrine out of the Bible that says, love others more than yourself, that you should be concerned about other people before you're concerned about, you know, just just you. And and even the, the scripture that I came from in the, um, when we, because right now we're about to turn into faith and works. When he says, if somebody knocks on your door telling you that they hungry and naked and you say, oh, may the Lord fill your belly and and give you a coat, brother, in Jesus name. James said, what is that? What is that if you do not physically meet the need of the person that came to your door? And so he said, don't give me this faith. That, don't tell me what you believe. Show me what you believe um, in evidence. But you, I always tell you, your, your, your actions will always betray your beliefs. And so here we have a doctrine of me, myself and I. And then we have a doctrine of community. And the selfish nature of man is like, yeah, but what about me? Mm-hmm. But what about me? And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the is why it's hard to let go of that tree. <laughs> That's why it's hard to let go of that tree. Some people, and this is very common in the Black church. This is very common in the Black church. So Pastor T and I have had conversations in the past, and he has noticed, he has observed. So Black women, this is for you, that Black women tend to do the most, the bulk of the work in the black church. They give the bulk of the money in the black church and voices get silenced, you know, or they get shoved over to the side. And so if community is not executed in the way that God intends, you can easily become a doormat in that situation. And so I could see people pushing back on that. Like, look, I have given, I have mm-hmm. sacrificed. I have held up the bloodstained banner. Why are you always looking at black women to be the savior, you know, and even in in this most recent election, they were like, man, black women really showed up and, and black women are like, look, we about tired, <laughs> you know, we, we, we about tired of that. How do you walk that fine line of, yes, take care of the needs of, of others without being totally consumed and overrun? And giving, 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 giving. And then you are in that situation where you're burned out because you're not, you don't have a, a, a full cup to pour from. Cool. That's, that's, that's a weighty, weighty question. Um, Let me sit my wow. Kool-Aid while she yeah. parts that out, sir. <laughs> um, I'll say it this way. The problem is, is that the people who need to be given up something or, you know, uh, following in in the line of of Christ, mm-hmm. they never do, right? Mm-hmm. And I think what has to happen. I'm going in a whole other conversation now, but it needs to be said. Equality and equity are not one and the same. Say it louder right? for the people in the back. <laughs> equality and equity are they're not one and the same, right? Just because people have equal resources or you're trying to give some equality doesn't mean that things are equitable, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in order for equity to really, really, here we go, manifest is Mm. for those who are in power to give up something. Mm. The problem is people who are in power never give it up. That's it. That's it. And and may I say this? They are doing it in the name of God. These are people who, you know, hold Bibles, that are churches, you know, they are conservative. You know, they push calling, calling angels from Africa, the whole nine yards. 
They don't give up anything. They sure don't. So, so no, like I, I appreciate my, my black sisters. I appreciate the Stacey Abrams of the world. I do. But God dog it, don't, you all have given up enough, right? What the people who need to give up something, right? For that to really, really flourish are those who are in power and it never happens. And I really believe that what's going to happen is what Jesus already talked about in Matthew 25. Right, people gonna say, well, we cast out devils in name, and we built sick, and we did this. I never knew you. I don't know. Because when I was hungry, you didn't feed me. When I was thirsty, you didn't give me drink. When I was in prison, you did not come visit me. You didn't give anything up. You didn't. You didn't do it. So I don't know you. And yes, you had conventions, you had conferences, and you know, you you went over to whatever organizations you told them that they were not God like. But I, I don't know you. Because you mm. didn't follow what Christ instructed us to do. <laughs> Y'all, that's 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 a whole word right there. So last words uh, with respect to manifestation and just, you know, how you think about it and people come to you and you see things on social media and people are like, I'm going to manifest this and I'm going to manifest that and, and I'm going to speak it and what have you. What words of, of caution would you give to people with respect to to that and how they use that? Like just any parting last words. <laughs> um, God is ultimately in control and God has a track record of doing what God wants to do. And even Jesus could get God to change God's mind. He still mm. had to go to the cross. If this be your will, let this better cup pass you by. And God did not change God's mind. Jesus still had to go to the cross. So even Jesus couldn't manifest it. Jesus that still way? had to go to the cross. <laughs> he still had to fulfill the purpose that was on his life. And if that's the case with Christ, then you might not get to do everything you want to do. And then in that, right, I would also say for those who, you know, push this type of thinking, be careful, right? Because you do have to acknowledge systems that are in place. So yes, there are people who have faith and believe and they say it, but you also have to recognize that there are systems in place that keep people down and keep people from acquiring things and obtaining things. And those are real structures. Those are the, the principalities and high places that Paul talks about in the New Testament. And that honestly is where the, the testimony comes in for a lot of believers. And so believers, many of you, you know, are, are, are black folks living in America, which is a whole nother podcast for a whole nother day. But the thing is, if you in the, are, are thriving in, in the midst of a structure that was created specifically and intentionally and deliberately to disenfranchise, to disengage, to to buckle and to cripple and to subjugate and to to permanently oppress. And you are and you have a, a business, you know, that that thrives and you have a platform that thrives or, you know, you're not living in poverty and destitute conditions. And, you know, you've been able to go to school and, and educate. That's the testimony right there. You know, mm -hmm. that in the midst of all of, of that, God still created ways and other ways, you know, for us to, to come through and, and thrive. And so believers, I don't think that there's anything wrong because as James said, you can believe all you want to believe, but 
you still have to do the work. <laughs> you, you know, I, that's what I said in, in episode two. I said, I believe in faith and works. Okay. I believe that you believe something and then you get about the work of, of doing, um, that thing that, that, that God told you to do. And when God is ready for that thing to come to fruition, it will come to fruition. And so if you are the beneficiary <laughs> of, of that sort of, of work and, and ways that people have paid for you, then I think we ought to just give God praise and not, and not get paint ourselves into this corner of what do they call that? Like you said, that rugged individualism that, you know, if I can't make this happen and I, this, that, you know, the Bible says, you know, man plans and God is like, huh, okay, I, that's cute, <laughs> but here's, here's what I'm going to do, you know, despite all of that. Thank you so much, Pastor T. Now, if people want to get a hold of you, listen to your sermons and all that good stuff, where can they find you? Uh, I am on Facebook and uh, I am on Twitter. My handle on Twitter is uh, at underscore Pastor T. And that's T as in Tom, just one letter. So at underscore Pastor T. Uh, you can find me on YouTube as well, Terrence Chandler Harrison. Uh, I've also um, published author. Uh, Book of James, surprisingly, that we talked about today. Uh, going to Amazon, Barnes and Noble, uh, spiritual cross training, the Book of James. You'll find my piece there. And I also do some consulting for Lifeway and the Sunday School Publishing Board. So. I love it. And I'm writing all that down and putting all of those links in the show notes, folks. So if you guys have any questions, comments, if you want to go give Pastor T some encouragement, because he definitely gave you all some tweetables today on this episode, then I encourage you guys to do that. And our next series is all about ready to love. So as we go into the month of February, that's one of those things Pastor T mentioned. You're like, I want a man. I want a boo. I want a this, you know, but you have to be in a position. Your heart has to be ready to receive love. And so we're going to be getting into all of that in our next series. And so if you have any questions, comments, takeaways, hit me up at Dr. Shante Says, and I will see you next time. Thank you so much, Pastor T. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Had a great time.